Good morning, everyone. This is Sleepy Dad, and this is going to be one of the last episodes I do before, um, well, technically, this is going to be the last episode I do for the season. Um, I'll take a week off, and then I'll come back, and I know my seasons are completely messed up, but you know what? It's going to be okay. Um, I'm going to take a week off, spring break, since so time my family. Uh, work around the house, things of that nature. And I want to talk about a very unpopular opinion. I know as a teacher, I'm, I'm going to hate saying this, but it's going to make a, a lot of sense. Um, And then the other thing I'm going to say, and it has to do with being a teacher also, is that it's going to be about state tests, okay? Um, so the first thing I'm going to say is, why in the world do we build an academic calendar and not utilize it to its full ability? There are hundreds of schools right now trying out and testing out and piloting this program, this academic calendar that is used in California. I know this because my mom was working at a school before she passed about that. Like they were they were working on that. They were using that calendar. So why is it that that calendar has seemed to have worked? It has provided, essentially from what I'm understanding, less burnout. Because I'm going to be honest, there are a couple students I wish I could take, sit there, and just get rid of them every day. Just, they're unruly. They they don't care. They don't pay attention. They don't even want to be there. I have one student, I kid you not, she comes in every day. I have her twice a day. I hate this school. I hate this school. She's a senior, I'll give you that, but I've heard that every day this year. I hate this school. I hate this school. And for what? I have no idea. Like, I, I've talked to her about it. Oh, it's because of the people. Some of these people that go here just get on my nerves. Okay, but do you got to voice it in front of me? Like, as if I'm the cause of it? Well, it ain't you, but it's just like some of these people that go here. Okay. But it doesn't mean, you know... Burnout is a thing right now that is causing a lot of students and teachers to 
but really be, you know, being really honest, really being honest about this, it's causing a lot of us to not want to be at work, causing a lot of students to not want to show up to school. It's causing a lot of issues all across the board. And the principals, the, the school districts, the school boards, superintendents, everybody's like, okay, we're almost there. We've got one more nine weeks, and then we can breathe. I, I would just love to make it to that end and be like, okay, now we can breathe. You, you don't want to sit there and tell them, then we can breathe, because then they're going to be like, well, you know, it is what it is. You just got to suck it up and deal with it. I mean, yeah, essentially that's the end of the day. That's hilarious. Sorry. I just saw something funny. <laughs> so I'm behind this uh, BMW. I don't know what model it is, whatever, but it's a, it's an SUV like mine. And a guy holds out his cup of coffee. I'm guessing because it's like 44 degrees outside. He's thinking that that's going to help chill it just a little. <laughs> oh, man. I, I don't think that helped, bud. What is that? An X? Uh, I can't even barely see it. So, uh, whatever. It's some kind of BMW SUV, something like that. Nah, I don't know. I don't care. It's like a ripoff of mine, though. Back to what I'm saying, when you tell students and teachers, hey, we're almost at the finish line, spring break's right around the corner, you know what everybody sits there and does? They don't do anything. anything and they just they just they're there they're, that's it you're, you're lucky if you get you know them all week because I guarantee you I'm gonna walk into that school today and there's gonna be quite a number of students who are already starting their spring break they're, they're just not gonna care they're, they're gonna be ready for their spring break and that's it Student discipline has allowed for that kind of behavior to be in the school. I remember when I was a student, I know, eons ago, right? Almost, when I went to the 20th year of me graduating from high school, we've only gotten to the 10th. So it's only been a, de a decade. Um, <laughs> but, but, Anyways, at the end of the day, what, what I'm getting at is, like, discipline was more enforced. Like, you got caught with a pack of cigarettes on campus, you were getting written up and sent home. Like, it, it was going to be known. And nowadays, you, you get caught with a vape on campus, same principle, same thing. We, we, we 
take it, we write you up, we send you home, maybe, depending on what offensive says. And if you were using it, like they can tell it's gotta be hot, this and that. Or we send you to ISS. Cell phones, oh my gosh, that's become a nightmare all its own. Who in the world? And I'm just asking. I mean, parents, this would help you gloriously with bills and everything else. Who in the world would give a, a middle schooler, an elementary kid, a cell phone? Who? Why would they need one? Jesus. But that's a thing now. I kids are more apt to fight a teacher giving up their cell phone rather than just handing it over because they had it out. Rather than just saying, hey, um, yeah, I did wrong. Here you go. These kids act like it's their life. Like if they don't have it, their world is over with. And you allow it, parents. These students know they're not supposed to have their cell phones out in class. Guess what? They do it anyways. And when you have to come up there to get it, guess what happens? You come up, you get it, you get out to the car, you hand it back to the kid. Are you serious? And I've watched this happen. He's I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. No kid's gonna leave without that cell phone. No kid is going to leave without their cell phone at all. A kid, a kid leaves without their cell phone, I'm going to tell you what happens. They're going to have a panic attack because they ain't going to be able to last without it. They're going to have a panic attack because they are so worried about their friends texting. Ain't you, parents? I know I kind of segued off of this, but I, I kind of got onto this one. But it, it's just stuff that needs to be heard. It ain't you, parents, that they're worried about. It's their friends. It's their boo. It's their thing. Whoever that is. That's who they're going to care about more. I kid you not. Uh, I have... I have this problem across the board with students. Um, they love, they love to um, act like they're the victim with everything. One of which being these cell phones, these babes and everything you tell them not to do it, they go and do it. It's like some kind of sick game with them that they think that, oh, they're telling me not to do it, so I got to go and do it. No. 
no, not so much. I have a uh, kid. He's got to be one of the most redneck kids I've ever met. Uh, I take that back. He's actually not. Um, but he's, he's pretty up there. He has no care for uh, authority. He has no care for uh, respect for other people. Probably because in the past, other people have treated him pretty badly. And... He just, he doesn't care. So one day, he, uh, one day he, uh, he came in, started throwing his stuff around, getting all upset and everything else. A lot of these kids just want to do what they want to do. And that's all fine and dandy when they're at home, if that's what the dynamic between parent and child is. When you get to school, though, just like a job, you got to do what you're supposed to. you got to do what you're told to do. you got to do this, do that. Because um, we're trying to build up a generation that can perform skills and tasks in a timely manner, in a timely fashion, and encourage them to ask for help if needed. But yet, we can't do that nine times out of ten. Because these students think, oh, if I ask for help, it looks weak. I'm going to get made fun of if I do what I want, and even if it's wrong, well... I'm going to make everybody laugh, so I don't care. So, let me tell you about this. This kid, like I said, he walked in, he would swing his stuff around, just be all kinds of in a bad attitude. Um, most days, he would be late getting to class, stuff like that. And he has his cell phone out one day, and I said, there's a hey, hey, Timmy, and he starts getting all kinds of upset. I mean, stupid kinds of upset. And I was like, look, you take your pick. I'm not going to leave. I'm not going to worry about this. You take your pick. Either you hand me the cell phone right now. And you still have a remote possibility of getting your phone back at the end of class. Because my building, the van hall, is completely detached from the rest of the school campus. There's not a way to get into the school campus. Uh, all the doors are locked. Um, so, yeah, they, like, they just, when it comes to... When it comes to that whole scenario, that whole situation, um, it's very obvious and very blatant, like, hey, this kid is either going to give it up or he's not going to give it up. More than likely, he's probably not going to give it up. 
And so luckily he did. I didn't, I got, when I told him, like, you, know, you have a remote chance of getting it back or you're going to go to the office and you got to pay for it to get it back or you got to deal with whatever stuff they do up there to get it back. That's just another day that you got to deal with the administration versus just dealing with me. And so luckily he was smart enough and he goes, all right, I'll just give it to you. But he would not stop grumbling about it. He came up and pestered me about it sometimes. I said, look, you're just making chances. You can yourself come back even less and less every time you keep coming up to me. Let me alone. Go sit down. Do what you're supposed to All right. Well, all that to say, this kid finally did do what he was supposed to do. He did right and everything else. So I did give him his phone back. But at the same time, like, these kids think <clears throat> that at the end of the day, a cell phone is a right. A cell phone is something that, because it was gifted to them or it was given to them by their parents, that it was a right to have, that nobody can take it away from them, that because and this, I've heard this before. So, parents, you really need to get on the ball and hear this now. This is the shit that's coming out of your children's mouth. And I wish, I just wish, a parent would hear this, that sends their child to the school I'm at. I really do, because I promise you it's going to shock you. Well, they don't pay my cell phone bill, so they can't take it. They have no right to take it. Okay. So texting and driving is okay. We're trying to teach these kids that you don't have to have a cell phone out all the time. That this is not needed. Take away that lifeline, guess what happens? A child focuses more on other things. Whether it's through aggression or for just or through just pure like, okay, I'm gonna focus on. That's that's the thing about it though. These students see it as a God-given right to have a cell phone. When at the end of the day, it's not. It's not a God-given right. Nobody sat there and said, you have to have one. Hell, I didn't even have a cell phone until I graduated from high school. All my friends were getting cell phones left and right. I didn't get one until I graduated from high school. And the only reason why I got one when I graduated from high school is because I was going to be driving to and from school on the weekends. And I was going to start working during the summers and everything. And I kind of needed a way to sit there and reach out to my parents in case of like, hey, in an emergency, something's come up. You know, this is what's going on.
But see, that's the thing about it, though. See, that's that's the real kicker about it. That's what these phones are supposed to be used for. Emergency use, stuff like that. It just happens to be that 90% of, sorry, 90 to 99% of all phones in the world today are all smartphones, and they do not require, like, too much, um, input into them, such as, like, alright, well, we gotta, like, hit this one key three times just to get this letter out, before sending a text, gosh, I remember that phone, I remember that phone of mine that I had to do that with, I also remember how my parents sat there and gave me my phone. Like, they hid it in my room. I think it was, like, underneath the mattress of my bed. I heard something buzzing, and I knew, like, all right, hey, you know, something's up. And I was like, um, what's this? And they're like, uh, it's your cell phone. Okay, why do I need a cell phone again? Because you're about to be driving back and forth between home and school. Even though it's 40 miles, you should use it for emergencies and everything else. Like, you're on the same plane as your mom, blah, blah, blah. But that's, that's pretty much it. Like, that's where kids are with those things. That's, kids, that's where kids are with these things. They have to have that cell phone, man. Like, they're going to lose their minds. It's a way to express their individuality, their thoughts, their their mind, you know, this and that. Well, in all actuality, it's it's not. It's it's the worst thing actually. So I've been putting this off, putting this off, um, because I've been rabbit holing down, you know, other things, but now it's time to bring it up, you know, these state tests, man. When did we become so damn dependent on state tests? I would love to I know it's been around since before I was born and all that. I know it's been around since before, you know, like, I started school. I know it was around when I was in school and everything, but we've had so much failure we base so much of our education system on these tests that I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to say it as plain as day, as clear as day, and everything else I can possibly get it through to you. You need to contact congressman, your, your state representatives, okay, for your district, for where you live. These state tests apparently govern 
how well we do as a school district, how we do, how well we do as a school. What I'll tell you right now, you tell these kids we've got a state test. I'm gonna tell you what's gonna happen. Nine times out of ten, they're gonna get in there and go, I don't care about it. They're not gonna focus on it. We're doing benchmark testings every nine weeks. It's supposed to be like a quarterly examination of what the growth and status of our students are at that given moment. And how we can project it to be once they get into um, the actual thing. When we, they go to sit down and do the actual state test. This whole year where we've been at, where I've been teaching at, has been a fucking nightmare. I'm sorry for my language. Oh my gosh. That's all it's been about. We've got perfectly six tests. We've got perfectly six tests. How many times do you think a teacher sits there and stands in front of the students and say, when it comes time to that state test, man, you got to know this stuff. These kids learn from one thing to the next. They're not retaining the information. Why? Because you're making it to where these kids only have to know it for a little bit of time, and then they move on to the next thing. They can't recall it because they don't go over as much. <clears throat> they go over what the, you tell them to go over, teachers. The reason why I was saying parents contact your student, uh, you know, your state leaders of where you live and everything because you have a voice to sit there and say is this really an efficient way to gauge and judge a school's performance don't look at athletics because that's a whole another nightmare all on its own that comes to how much funding we get i mean the, the school gets and the, and the district gets that comes out to all of that What kind of facilities they have, what kind of equipment they have. That's what that comes up to. But you're going to base it off of school like this. I've got news for you. This. This school that I'm at. Is a low rated school. It's, it's grade level so low. That the principal has stressed upon to the school that it could be a possibility that the state department would come in, reevaluate the leadership, reevaluate the teachers, reevaluate everything, and change it all. Okay. Here's the thing, though. They have a hard enough time finding people to work at that school. How would the State Department have a better success rate? 
of, of hiring people to, to come in more at that school. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's the way of thinking and looking at it as, oh, well, if you can't do what we ask you to do, then we're going to get rid of you. Maybe, maybe that's what he's made. I don't know. When it comes to the State Department coming in. These kids, like I said, this all goes back to parents and what you allow the, your kids to do. This all goes back to everything. And you want to say that it's the teacher's fault for the school level being that. Look, the teachers are not the ones going to take the tests. We've done our part. We're not the ones going to take those tests. Your children are. I'm just thinking about hundreds of other things that need to definitely be addressed, that definitely need to be talked about and everything. And at the end of the day, there's just not enough time. Everybody has 24 hours. Uh, if we could hold debates, we could hold a educational thought conversations, we can hold all kinds of, you know, conferences and everything else, but at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what it comes down to is what parents allow their children to do. If you allow your child, and I'm going to say this because I've heard it, I've witnessed it myself, I'm going to say it. You allow your child to go hang out with a guy maybe about a year or so older than them and you know what kind of activities they're going to be doing and you always sit there and say I don't want you to do that, I don't want you to do that but then you're going to turn around and go let them do that you ain't going to ask them where they've been you ain't going to ask them what they've been doing you're an idiot you're a fool. I kid you not, I had a, uh, I had a senior yesterday state that she was going to go hang out with her man. Because he's, he's about to go back to school in Georgia. And he's going to be gone for a while. 
so she's going to get what she can with him before he's gone. Do you know what that sounds like when, as a as a father, as an educator, I, when I heard that, I wanted to pull her aside and go, "Are you out of your mind?" But I can't do that. It has become so natural for these kids to think about that, talk about that, act like that. Because that's what we've been pushing. Look at the music they listen to. Look at the TV shows they watch. Look at all of it. Parents, you become so disconnected with your children. You don't care what they do. I say this not only as a as a taxpayer, but as an American, but as a as a teacher, as a father. You become so disconnected with how your child acts, with what you allow them to do. And for what? They're going to make mistakes. They're going to live their own life. This and that. Blah, blah, blah. Really? That, that's where we're headed? allow your children to be like this and act like this and do these kinds of things and for what? That's what we allow them to do. That's what you you say, hey, is okay. Somebody tells you differently, they have no right to. It makes me sick thinking about it, because I've got two daughters who, yeah, granted, they're both under the age of five. Can you imagine? I mean, I'm having a hard time trying to imagine what life is going to be like when they become teenagers. When they have the same 
resources and same mindset and everything else as these students I work with every day. As these students I teach every day. I'm, I'm having a hard time grasping it in my head. Because this is what we allow. This is what our society has said. Oh, it's okay. have a student that's pregnant. She'll graduate with that child still in her. She'll still be carrying that child. And she will then have that child after graduation. Okay. And yet... I just, I worry and am concerned about how, how this is going to affect, like, future generations. I know for a fact that there are kids who already have children who go to that school, stuff like that. And that's the culture, that, that's what's acceptable there. My graduation year, we had one person who was pregnant. I remember the guy. I remember the girl. I remember they were dating. I remember having a conversation with the guy at graduation because uh, he, him and another friend was sitting there talking, and they were like, yeah, I'm going to propose tonight or tomorrow or whatever um, to be, you know, so we can get married. I said, oh, okay, cool. By the way, you know, I'm engaged also. I asked my girlfriend to marry me too, and she said, yeah. They're like, do you have a kid? No. Well, which is kind of stupid for you to, to do that, and you don't have a kid. No, it's not. I love my girlfriend. I want to spend the rest of my life with her. This and that. I was kind of peeved when I heard that. This guy, my friend, kind of laughed at me about it, and I was like, "Really? Really? That's that's what we're headed with this?" I'm gonna tell you though. I'm gonna be honest with you though. These kids, the these. Teenagers 
life has so much more for them. This life is truly wonderful. If you stick to a plan, if you stick to this is what we want to do, this is how I'm going to do it, this is what I need to do to get there. remember um, this is a terrible movie it's funny it's a terrible movie <laughs> um, we're the Millers I, I remember a scene from it that uh, oh, what's her name I forget the actress's name um, but it stars Jason Sudeikis Jennifer Aniston, Emma Roberts, I think that's the, the actress's name, yeah, I think it's Emma Roberts, and they're getting on a plane, right, Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston's character has not showed up to get onto the plane and everything else, she's not in that scene quite yet, and Jason Sudeikis, uh, Emma Roberts, uh, this kid, I don't remember his name either, but he's kind of a big deal actor, uh, he's still pretty young, and really been tuned too much lately, um, but they're on this plane, and, you know, she's trying to, they're all trying to blend in, act normal, act like a family, this and that, and, you know, uh, stewardess comes up to uh, to the, to the, the, the people come up to the, come up to those actors who are in character and everything, and they go, uh, you know, oh, hey, you guys such a cute family, you know, this and that, that's cool, and, and they're like, yeah, this is, this is my daughter, you know, it's not really his daughter, this is, this is my son, you know, it's not really my son, you know, a bunch of random kids, like two random kids that pretty much their family does not care about them, stuff like that. And he trying to just, he just, the whole thing was they were going to Mexico. He needed a, a, a fake family to get into Mexico to get a boatload of marijuana and bring it back to the States. Basically, drug mule. And he's like, oh, the easy way to get across the Mexican border is pose as a family, go down for the 4th of July, and then come back. Okay, so they're going to fly the majority of the way down, get into a RV uh, at the border, cross the border, get the marijuana, and get back. And I just remembered of this line, and it's so terrible, but like, you, if you really think about it, this is, like, this is how far we've pushed it. I remember my parents always saying... No kids, no marriage, until after college. Okay. Sure. And while we have that deal, you need some, we'll help you out. That's something would be like, hey, if you needed gas money, we'll help you out. Hey, you needed... Uh, 
something's wrong with your phone, we'll get it taken care of. You know, this and that kind of stuff. You know? Those are like those lights. <sighs> it was that kind of stuff. But back to this this movie quote, this so the stewardess goes up and says, Oh, what a cute family, this and that, blah blah blah. Yeah, this is my daughter. And so Emma Roberts character is just saying, you know, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm so stressed, thank you, you know. I'm stressed about SATs, when we get asked to prom, uh, what college to go to, um, that and I've been uh, I'm a little late on my period. Uh, which is really weird because I only I've only been doing anal and that, like I've, I've been I've been staying away from you know that I, I've been practicing the big A and and the stewardess goes oh okay and she goes yeah anal and the steward just kind of was like okay this is fucked up and everything else I this is messed up. Uh, I'm going to leave you alone now. You, you disgust me, sir. You, you and your family disgust me. But yet, that was... That's what we tell our society. It's okay. Like, if you do that, what's the likelihood of you getting pregnant? We tell our young men, we tell our young women, our teenagers, you do this, it's going to be Okay. You do this, the likelihood of you having a problem is slim to none. But you want to know the real reality of it all is? We're going to have that problem. We're going to have that problem until the day I die. Until the day in, all of us die. Because we allow it to fucking happen. If you've ever seen the movie Idiocracy... Uh, I invite you to go watch it. It's a stupid B-rated uh, Comedy Central movie, but it holds a lot of merit and value to like what I'm talking about because that's where we're headed, ladies and gentlemen. And if you don't believe me, just look around. We have people who believe that um, the world would be better off without XYZ things when XYZ things has helped this world, has propelled this world into the future. So, maybe this has been a little bit of lightning. This is going to be my, like I said, my last episode before, well, my last episode of this season, season three in the wraps. I'm going to take a week off. Spend that time with my family. I get to do that that often. Spend time with my 
Uh, well, my family being one. Hopefully I'll get my tax returns soon. IRS, if you're listening, you need to hurry the hell up. Got an $8,000 refund that's supposed to help my wife with procedures going on and help me with my job and stuff like that. Like, we're going to use that money wisely, not... I fucking waste it. So I'm waiting for this pandemic to end too. So hopefully, you know, given a week off, I'll have a bit more things to talk about. And hopefully you'll encourage your friends and everybody else, you know, hey, check this guy out. We've been I've been having an average of like two people per episode. Listen. Okay. Cool. Maybe I accidentally stumble upon it. So. This is the Sleepy Dad, and this is the end of Season 3, and I will talk to you all after a week vacation, man. <laughs> so I'll see you around. Peace, guys. Have a good uh, break. Good. You know, time, whatever. Peace, guys.